What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westrom. I'm joined by Nicole Yang, Chris Grenham, and uh, we recorded an episode yesterday uh, about the hiring of uh, Ime Udoka, the Celtics' new coach. It's at the end of this episode because somebody forgot that they were supposed to edit it and didn't get the episode up, and that somebody was me. So good job, Tom. But before uh, we get into the Ime Udoka talk, let's just briefly touch on Al Horford had his introduction press conference. We're recording this on Thursday. Al Horford had his introductory press conference with Celtics media today. Not a lot of earth shattering stuff, but he does seem very happy to be in Boston. What was, what were some of the takeaways for you guys? Very grateful. Great, very grateful. Grateful, 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 grateful. <laughs> I think one thing that's funny is when people are like, do you regret leaving? Like, do you wish you signed with the Celtics instead? Like, I'm sure part of it is the 2018-19 season, like, poisoned chemistry and he wanted a change of scenery. But I feel like a large part of the reason why Al Horford signed with the Sixers was because they offered him the most money and the Celtics were not going to come and match that. So I feel like that really is what stemmed his departure. And if the Celtics offered a similar contract, he probably would have stayed. You can frame it however you want, like, oh, he was tired of the whole Kyrie situation or, oh, he wanted to play with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and contend for a championship. I think it ultimately came down to money, but it is funny trying to now hear him being like, you know, like, it's just one of those things that's in the past. You know, good for him. He went and got his bag. Like, you're not going to turn down an absurd amount of money like that if it's out there. Sure, maybe he did want to stay in Boston. I know Adrian Wojnarowski hinted at that on the Woj pod. Like, he never really wanted to leave, but the financial situation came up and he said, all right, I'm going to go get my money. So I do find that kind of funny too in press conferences when people are like, do you regret leaving or anything like that? It's like, I don't know. No, he he doesn't regret it because he won. Like he got his money and he's in Boston. Like you did it. You you did it, Al. Like you got the Celtics to pay you 27 million a year for the next two years. Like good job, man. Like, so yeah, no, I mean, I, I, that was funny. I mean, he just sounds, he sounds super happy to be back. I I think Nicole's right. Like, I don't think he wanted to leave. I I think he wanted the Celtics to pay him a certain amount of money that the Celtics had no intention of paying him. And the Sixers offered him that amount of money and he took it because he decided, you know, money over Boston. And that makes sense. And now he's back and now he's really happy. Like, I think this is just kind of the best of both worlds for him. I was kidding before he did say he was very grateful, like a lot throughout the press conference. I just counted. He, he said, he said the word grateful four times. He said the word excited six times. Wow. Excited more than grateful. I shows how much I was very paying excited. attention. During one the press of those, conference. one of those exciteds was about Rob Williams. So, ah, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And we'll get into that in terms of Al. Yeah. He sounds very happy to be back and happy with the situation he's walking into. He even talked about Ime Udoka a little bit. Adam Himmelsbach asked him about, you know, his brief time in Philadelphia with him. And he noted his defensive mindset and his and his defensive knowledge in terms of coverages and, and various defensive approaches. And so I thought that was pretty noteworthy because we you'll hear at the end of this episode, we talk about his defensive mindset too a little bit. I think he's really excited. I think it was all genuine. Sometimes you hear a press conference and people are saying they're very excited for something and it's almost sounds like it's kind of hollow, but I think Al is genuinely happy to be back, which is probably reassuring for Brad Stevens in the front office to hear. Yeah, I feel like Al is never like particularly a good soundbite in terms of like virality or interesting content, but he said everything right. Like he said he was excited to be back. He said that he's been in touch with Jason Tatum, Robert Williams. He said that he enjoyed working with Ime Odoka. Like, I don't know what people expected. Like Al plays by the rules. Like we're going to get like pretty standard, like cookie cutter answers from him. So there wasn't like any grand takeaways, but I did think it was important. And I assume he's telling the truth that he physically feels well, even though he didn't play 
playing any back-to-backs with the Thunder. It sounds like he's not going to have any limitations with the Celtics. It seems like he's ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so after playing like 29 games and then shutting down for the season. But yeah, no, he does sound like he's good to go. And I think that's really encouraging for the Celtics because like we talked about previously, he is, I think he's kind of a luxury for them where they, he is that Rob Williams insurance where if you have Al Horford, you're not as worried about, you know, going into a playoff series if Rob is banged up or if something's going on there. Like you, you have the veteran, you have the guy who's been here before and literally been here before, like been in Boston before and, and won a lot of games and a lot of playoff games with some of the guys who are still the core of the team. A lot of reasons for Celtics fans to be really positive. You know, that one of the other things that he mentioned was he he was very, very complimentary of Rob Williams, said he's really impressed with, with everything that Rob has done to improve. He said, um, I don't know if I would say I really took him under my wing, but I tried to help him the best way I could, which I thought was funny because again, I went to Rob and said, I wonder if Al Horford's influence was a little bit overstated. And Rob was like, no, no, he was so impactful. He was so impactful. And apparently even Al was like, yeah, I think my uh, impact might've been a little overstated. So just wanted that on the record. I, I was not the only one who was wondering, but you know, Al was just like, he, he has such a good feel for the game defensively and on offense and just said he's going to be in his ear. So obviously again, like Nicole was saying, Al doesn't rock the boat. He wasn't about to come in here and be like, I'm the starter, get Rob Williams out of here. But like he, he did say all the right things about, uh, you know, about Rob and about that, that partnership going forward. With Rob and with the team as a whole too, his steady, like stable veteran presence is definitely a positive. Like I don't care what kind of situation you're walking into. Any team I think can use that. I thought his quotes about Rob Williams were pretty cool. Like he was like, we're going to go through this together, work through things together. I'll be in his ear. But like you said, he was definitely didn't want to make it seem like, yeah, I'm going to be Rob's mentor. Like I'm excited to see what is ahead for Rob and we're going to work through some stuff together. So I thought that was really cool. He he made a comment about seeing like Grant and Taco at the Auerbach Center the other day when he was in there working out. So I thought it was all very positive. You know, Jason Tatum and Rob Williams reaching out to him after the trade was announced, just saying it's been kind of surreal. It's an exciting time. And then also, like I was just talking about, talked about you working with Rob Williams throughout the year and seeing some of those young guys in the facility, like all very positive things. Um, only other thing I had was that Al talked about Moses Brown a little bit. Um, he just said he's a great kid. Guys are going to love him in the locker room. He listens. Defensively with the big guys, I'm usually harping a lot on defense. And those are some of the things I was talking to him about. He's somebody that has a lot of potential as well. You'll note that at no point in there did Al Horford say, yeah, he really moves his feet. <laughs> so Great pick and roll defender. <laughs> great pick and roll defender. Lots of potential there. So none of that. But yeah, that was uh, Al Horford's review of Moses Brown. All right, guys, like I said, on the second half of this episode is going to be uh, just kind of our breakdown of the the Ime Udoka hire. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we will talk to you all again soon. The Celtics, uh, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, have a new coach. It is Ime Udoka. Uh, Initial reactions, what do you guys think? I think it's a great hire. Former player, he's got good coaching experience. He's got a connection with Jalen, Jason, and Marcus from the FIBA World Cup in 2019. I mean, he checks a lot of boxes. I just think it makes a lot of sense. And this is someone who's been in the head coaching conversation for what feels like seasons now. And it was pretty inevitable that he was going to get a gig at some point. And I think the Celtics were lucky enough to grab him. I I just think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And especially when you look at his coaching experience, he has the long tenure with the San Antonio Spurs. And that was with Greg Popovich. That was with Tim Duncan. 
I'm sure he learned a lot. That was his first coaching gig. He had played for Popovich as well. So I guess he like was able to parlay that into a role on the staff. And then he moved on to the Philadelphia 76ers where he coached under Brett Brown. He had to uh, prepare for a playoff series against the Celtics in the bubble. And then now he's on the Brooklyn Nets staff dealing with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, helping Steve Nash go through his first year as a head coach. Like I feel like he's been in a variety of situations, but he does have that like one long tenure with the Spurs that I feel like really helped him, especially because it's Popovich and we all know how great of a coach he is. So I feel like that plus the two stints with other teams that had like big superstars, big personalities should only prove to benefit him. But the the most important coaching experience, I feel like didn't even come in the NBA was the fact that he coached Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart at Team USA. That seemed to be a big factor for Brad Stevens. Um, The endorsement from the players was a really big deal. I think it's going to be really interesting. He is known as a defensive coach and the Celtics last year really disappointed on the defensive end. And, and Brad has always been like a high, you know, like placed a really high emphasis on defense. And so, you know, bringing in a guy who could potentially be, you know, an, an impactful defender is really interesting. I think offensively, the Celtics just kind of have some guys. Like, I think that might just kind of take care of itself. I would not be surprised if part of this was Brad being like, okay, let's, let's get the defense back to where it needs to be because if this team doesn't defend, they're not going to be a championship level team. They're not going to be in the mix, as Brad Stevens said eight times in his last press conference. So I, I'm really intrigued by this hire. I think I, I, I also think it's kind of cool to to just bring in just a new voice, you know, just like somebody who not a retread, not like obviously Rick Carlisle is a great coach, not Rick Carlisle, not like somebody who's been around, not Mike D'Antoni, not somebody who you like somebody new, some new blood, some like a fresh voice. I, I think it's a, a really, really solid hire. I really intrigued one. It sure sounds like Udoka is the kind of guy who will stand up for what he thinks is a good idea. He's going to have his own opinions. He's going to implement them. I think all those things are, are, are really good on a team with stars, but who are also young stars. I think I think having that kind of experience and that kind of competent voice in the locker room could be really beneficial. We're recording this like basically minutes after the announcement came out. So a lot of this is still very new and the anecdotes and things are still coming out. But from what I've seen, he seems very similar to Brad in that like he values relationships. He's not super flashy. He like kind of flies under the radar, defensive minded. Like I think they're going to get along really well, whether or not he'll be a good coach. I mean, you hope and it seems like there are a lot of things that would point to the fact that yes, he will be successful in this role. But I do see him and Brad as sort of like two peas in a pod in terms of their demeanor and in terms of their approach to a lot of things. Yeah, I think, again, this just like further adds down the checklist of why this made sense, right? I mean, if you're Brad Stevens, you're hiring a former player who has a, that extensive coaching experience, who lines up sort of with your coaching philosophies on a number of levels. And again, I'm sure we'll get more of that as this week goes on. We, Gino time was all over this. We hopped on minutes after the hire. So like, yeah, we don't know as much now about Emo Duck as we probably will on Friday or something like that. But a lot of these elements of this hire line up with Brad Stevens and kind of what he's about. And I agree. I don't think Ime Udoka is going to be a guy throwing out sound bites left and right. Like Brad Stevens isn't that guy. I don't think Udoka is either. And Brad Stevens and the rest of the Celtics organization probably likes that. He's a low-key guy who, like Nicole said, seems to value relationships and defensive impact, which the Celtics are going to need some serious tweaks on the defensive end. So I'm curious to see what he does with the staff too. I'm assuming he's going to bring in a lot of his own staff. I'd be curious to see one, how quickly that happens and two, uh, how extensive that process is. 
to your points uh, about kind of the, the parallels between Ime and Brad, like one, one of the things is that Brad had a great relationship with Danny Ainge. So I would not be surprised if, if one of the things that Brad looked at was like, okay, I really liked having that relationship with my boss. Let me, you know, try to bring in somebody who, um, you know, who hopefully he can connect with in the same way. You guys have any, any thoughts on the guys the Celtics didn't hire? I mean, now that the dust has settled and the Celtics have made their made their choice, is there anybody that you thought, you know, maybe they should have taken a closer look at? Anybody who you guys thought was intriguing? I mean, it's really kind of hard to say because a lot of the guys that they were looking at were similar as Ime Odoka, like just waiting for their first chance as a head coach. And I agree with you. I'm glad they didn't go with somebody more experienced like Mike D'Antoni, like Rick Carlisle, like Terry Stotts. Among the group that the Celtics seem to be considering, I feel like it really came down to like personal preference for Brad and like what he thought was best for the team. Do I think Darvin Ham could have done a perfectly fine job? Sure. But like based on Udoka's resume, I feel like he's a perfectly fine candidate and we'll see what happens and I think he was also interviewing I think for a number of other jobs like the Portland job and the Orlando jobs I wonder how wrapped up their process was because I think based on Woj's report it seemed like he emerged as a front runner pretty early on so maybe it was just a matter of time in terms of when they could officially say one other thing that I didn't mention when just going over his coaching experience is he did win a championship with the Spurs in 2014. And I don't know among the other candidates, how many of them actually have championship uh, experience. None of them certainly had it as a player, I don't think. So the fact that he has been on a staff that made it to an NBA championship, won the finals, like that I'm sure meant something. I don't know. I, I don't think I was really hoping or like, I mean, I guess in our draft, I said Sam Cassell is the first option, but I have no issue with Ime Odoka being the choice. Yeah, I mean, the same reasons I was, I had Sam Cassell up there on my list too, I think are the same reasons why we like the Ime Udoka hire. There's a lot of similarities there where, you know, he was a professional player for quite some time and then he has a good extensive coaching background. And same with Darvin Ham, honestly, like among those candidates, like Darvin Ham was another guy who got, I think got a second interview if I'm correct, but I don't really think you could go wrong with the batch that they were clearly looking at. It sounded like, I mean, well, Chauncey Billups, you could go wrong, but they didn't go wrong. So uh, I, I think Ime Udoka a great hire. I don't think there's any other candidates out there who pop up into my mind and say, yeah, he was definitely a better candidate than Ime Udoka or something like that. You know, And it sounds like the core Celtics core, Tatum, Brown, and Smart were consulted over this. And, and so it sounds like he had the support of those guys. I'm sure that relationship was pretty strong from the FIBA 2019 FIBA World Cup. So who knows if they had one prior to that. But I think it's solid that they clearly supported this decision. And I think it's important that Brad consulted with those guys. And we kind of hinted at this in the last episode. I don't think I think Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown are going anywhere now based on the fact that they were heavily consulted during this process and their input meant a lot. I mostly agree. I, I mean, I think it's also possible that the Celtics like aren't sure whether those guys are going somewhere and they consulted them just to see like their opinion on Yudoka. I mean, they, they played for him, so they might just be a resource. I do think that that's a possibility as well, but I, but I largely agree with your point. I, I think it's, it's more likely that they're seen as, you know, members of the organization going forward. One tweet that uh, surfaced from 2015 from Jared Dubin, he, he tweeted, Pop on Ime Odoka is just classic. And um, it's got a Popovich quote and said, he exudes a, uh, confidence and comfort in his own skin where people just gravitate toward him. He's a fundamentally sound teacher because he's comfortable with himself. He knows the material and the players read it. Oftentimes I say, Ime, can you go talk to so-and-so? Go talk to Patty Mills. Go talk to Timmy. Go to talk to Kawhi. And he'll do it better than I would do it. And I'm not blowing smoke. The only thing I don't like about him is that he doesn't drink. So I can't enjoy a glass of wine with him. He's really boring at dinner. Couple of, a couple of other kind of quotes that are floating around about him. Uh, Jeff Goodman talked to a bunch of people. Um, one coach who worked with him said he listens to his players and he adjusts. 
He has an edge, but he's not a hard ass. He'll stand up to guys. He's defensive-minded. He values toughness. And then Goodman also talked to Rudy Gay, who had a lot of really, really nice things to say about what Adoka did. So, I mean, rave reviews. You know, I suspect that the Celtics probably unearthed a good amount of those rave reviews for themselves during this process. As so Ime Udoka as a player was one and seven against the Celtics, but he was 19 and two versus Celtics as an assistant coach. So he's had some success as an assistant against Boston. So once again, the Celtics just going like Greg Monroe, like Ennis Cantor, just going out and get some, getting somebody who's had a lot of Moses Brown, uh, <laughs> just the, uh, the team that goes and gets the guys who are, who are great against them. So, At uh, some point they need to sign Ish Smith if this is going to continue. <laughs> Ish uh, might be on a max deal uh, by the time we're not done with this off season. The fact that Udoka has never coached before um, does kind of make it difficult to uh, to analyze what this means aside from, well, sure sounds like Brad Stevens liked him. So anything else that you guys want to touch on here uh, just uh, about Udoka? The Nets staff could be in some rough shape in the next couple of weeks because who knows if Jacques Vaughn and Mike D'Antoni will get positions, but that entire staff seems to be in motion right now Mike D'Antoni is getting a second interview in Portland Jacques Vaughn is going to interview with the Pelicans so Steve Nash after one season is potentially staring down the possibility of losing three assistants I don't think he's going to lose three but he's already lost one and the fact that he's got one in a second interview and another one who is interviewing for a vacancy in New Orleans that's just another interesting thought that I had like that coaching staff seems to be a highly targeted one around the league which probably means Steve Nash did a really good job putting together that staff maybe Ime will take somebody to Boston. If you took Jacques Vaughn, that'd be great. I think Jacques Vaughn's a great coach. Another thing that I was thinking about was like, now Brad has to like come through for him because he's set up in a good situation. Like we've just mentioned, sort of a rundown of his experience. Everything points to that he'll be a successful head coach and that this is a good fit for him. But in terms of like actual success and like wins and losses, he does need a better roster than what he has right now. And Brad knows it based on what he experienced and what he dealt with last season. So no matter how good of a fit this is for the Celtics and how good of a coach Ime Odoka can be, if the Celtics are really going to contend, like Brad Stevens is going to have to come through sort of with what we had discussed on the most recent episode, some roster moves that can really put the Celtics in a position to be legitimate like competitors. It'll be a little unfortunate for Brad if um, Udoka comes in and is just like, I mean, it'll obviously be very fortunate for him because he's now in charge of the franchise. But if he comes in and just like gets like, if the roster doesn't change that much and they're just like way better next season, we've all said that we think that next season, the Celtics are going to be good. And that was before Brad, you know, moved into a new role. Brad coached this team to three Eastern conference finals during his time. Like he had a lot of success with this team. And I feel like if if Udoka comes in and like the Celtics are just excellent like you know they win like 58 games and you know make a run to the eastern conference finals again um you know if they you know knock off the nets or something like that i feel like there's gonna be a lot of people who are just like brad lost that locker room this team is like you no know, brad was the worst coach of all time and like i don't know brad probably won't care that much about that but i, I do think that there is the uh the potential for maybe some of, of brad's uh accomplishments as a coach to maybe be uh downplayed a little bit uh just just based on the way his tenure as the Celtics coach ended. Brad just goes full Pat Riley. Just blows down the door. Sorry, my job again. I'm taking I'm taking over here. This is my job. 
<laughs> uh, especially if he's dealing with like largely the same roster, like that's yeah, exactly. going to happen. I think he's going to be pretty proactive around the edges. I know we talked about it in the last episode, but there's no way he's just going to sit. Like he knows better than anyone how crappy the outskirts of that roster were. And I think more than anything, he wants to give, he probably, I mean, Brad Stevens probably wants to give Udoka a very good batch of personnel to deal with in his first ever head coaching spot. If the Kemba Walker trade was any indication, I think he's going to be pretty proactive. All right, guys. Well, I think we will leave it there. You know where to find any of us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. And we will talk to you all again later this week.